0: This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with
1: Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at
2: headstuffpodcasts.com.
0: The Podcast Studios is the home of the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's where lots of our shows are recorded and we work on editing, promotion, videos, live shows and lots more. As a podcast production company with three state-of-the-art studios for audio and video in Dublin city centre, we can work with you to tell great stories in a professional and engaging way. From government organisations to charities, arts groups to international brands, entrepreneurs to hobbyists, we've worked with everybody and we can help you to get the word out. Whether you need studio time, you're hosting a live stream or webinar, or you need support with editing or marketing, we can tailor a package for you. For more info, head to thepodcaststudios.ie. Welcome to a very special second edition of FNI Rapchat Podcast. This is the second of two that we will be releasing this week, which we recorded live in our lovely camper van provided by Rambling a at FastNet Film Festival in West Cork. As always, we are excited to bring you exclusive interviews with some of Ireland's top filmmakers, actors, and industry insiders. Special thanks goes out to Windmill Lane for their support and we are very excited to be working with them on our ongoing partnership on our events, classes, future film and TV related projects. I am not your host but my name is Mark Muggs. <laughs> In this second episode we have an interview with the lovely actor Moya Faraday on a run up to the 25th anniversary of the feature film This Is My Father who also features Aidan Quinn and John Cusack. In this interview, she recounts her experience over the last 25 years in film and TV. We also spotlight some up-and-coming talent that you should watch out for in the near future, which includes the talented Jamie Overwork and the multifaceted Shane Serrano, the force of nature that is, actor-writer-director Tanya Notaro, and the always charming actor Johnny Elliott. Maya Friday has an incredible body of work throughout her 25 years of on-screen acting. Her first appearance on the screen in a leading role was as Fiona Flynn in This Is My Father, directed by Paul Quinn for Sony Pictures. She has many screen appearances including Fiona Kinsella in Single Handed directed by Colin McCarthy for Touchpaper UK, and Sorka Buckley in Jack Taylor at the Pikeyman, directed by Stuart Orme for Magma Films. She's an incredible body of work and she has an insane amount of credits which some of them include Braveheart directed by Mel Gibson, uh, The Medallion directed by Jackie Chan, uh, she played Sally Lyons in The Bachelor's Walk, and many, many more. Jamie Owork's first short as a writer and director, Scrap, is still on the festival circuit was nominated for an IFTA in 2022, screened in competition at the 2023 Claremont Ferrand International Film Festival and has played at festivals around the world. His second film, CAF, was commissioned and funded by Screen Ireland and Virgin Media in July 2022 and had its first world premiere in his home country at Dublin International Film Festival in February 2023 and it will be screened at the AAEFA qualifying Odin's IFF in Denmark in August 2023. Shane Serrano is an award-winning director and cinematographer from Limerick City, Ireland. Through his production company, Crude Media, Shane has been directing and producing short films, documentaries and commercial work for over 10 years, working on over 130 music videos for Irish and international artists. Many of his films have been selected by acclaimed film festivals globally, including Newport Beach Film Festival, Irish London Film Festival, Galway Film Flat. Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival, Berlin International Art Film Festival, and Chicago Irish Film Festival. In 2019, he was the recipient of the Special Recognition Award for Outstanding Contribution to Film in Limerick at the Richard Harris International Film Festival. Also coming up we have an award-winning writer, actor, producer and director of animation, live action and documentary Michael O'Hara. His production company Walking Dream Productions is best known for Taxi Drivers in 2009, Donuts People and Their Dreams in 1993 and Mr Happy in 2006. In this episode we'll be delving into his current project he's working on In Your Dreams. In Your Dreams is a docu-series thing which focuses on how the public use their night dreams for guidance, direction and healing and insights into their daily lives. Tanya Notoro is an exciting screenwriter, director and actor from Dublin who makes socially conscious films from the female perspective. Her comedy drama TV series Carabrat Cartel is currently in development as part of a Screen Ireland Spotlight scheme. She has just completed her first short Glitterberg as a writer-director and her visually arresting short film Postpartum is available to watch on the Virgin Media Player. She was selected to take part in the Eureka Series Programme in 2022 at the Series Mania Institute in Lille, France. She has the first class master's degree in screenwriting for film and TV and the National Film School IADT with a scholarship from Warner Brothers and later selected by the Warner Brothers Creative Talent team as an exceptional artist and one to watch. And last but not least is the incredible actor, writer, producer Johnny Elliott, who has recently worked on the short Glitterberg and he has co-written a previous feature film in 2017 called The Legend of Harry and Ambrose. He'll be acting alongside Tanya in her directed short Postpartum, where you can watch on The Virgin Media Player. So, sit back, <laughs> relax, and let's get the camera rolling. This is F&I Rap Job Podcast, and we are here to celebrate Irish film and people who make it possible. If you enjoy the show, why not deep dive into our back catalogue of over 190 episodes and pop over to support us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash f You'll find more about us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, at Film Network Ireland and f F&I and underscore film on the Twitter machine. Please enjoy the episode. And yeah, just enjoy.
3: Assume your memories of, of, of making it and working with Aidan and Alexa James can are uh, warm memories.
4: Uh, I met James at the reading in the IFC, IFC in uh, Eustace Street, and uh, a very charming man. Um, and yeah, it was great to have the film associate with him, especially after his recent passing. And um, so that, in, in a way, is nearly like a privilege to be amongst the cast. List.
3: (laughs) And so uh, you have recently, uh, because you got out of acting for a while, didn't you?
4: I did. I have four daughters. So, um, you know, children do take up time. It's not that I kind of wanted to take time out. I think the roles, too, weren't coming. I think, you know, whether I was at that age where um, I just wasn't fitting into any kind of... Categories. I don't know why. If it's the business or the industry, I don't know why that is. Um, you know, OK, I've got some roles playing, you know, mothers. And that's fine. That's what I'm good at, I suppose. In reality, but, you know, the reality is there are, you know, female roles out there, you know, of CEOs. You know, we just have to look around in our own reality. There's a lot of great women doing a lot of great things. And... I would love to see that a little bit more, you know, because we're strong. We're, you know, we're.
3: <laughs> yeah. So women don't always have to just play domestic roles, is what you Absolutely mean? Yeah. Not. There's no point in in yep. in writing stories like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so you, you you left for a while, but you're you're, you're coming back in.
4: I'm coming back and, back, and there have been times where me. I was offered stuff, but it just um, and it is doable, tricky and doable. But now my children are at an age whereby I am freer and I'm also in a different mindset. So uh, although I am older, I have years of of living and life and all the challenges that it throws. You know, Um, life can be tricky, can be wonderful um, and roller coaster of happiness and of pain, but such is life with everything, I suppose.
3: And I think it's probably uh, I would say part of the reason for people for anyone dropping out uh, for, for, for a while of of our industry is, back then, it wasn't anywhere near as strong as it is now. So there's a lot more opportunities now than there was. Well,
4: there is, and um, look, there has to be that balance mm. with any uh, career. You know, there has to be that balance. Um, and yeah, thankfully, and, and more uh, roles for women in the industry, um, which is great to see. I'd love to see more. Um, I still sense sometimes it is kind of um, still male dominated. Um, you know, when you look at the crews, there's still kind of an imbalance. Look, maybe it's kind of changed. Maybe you know, I, my, the work will be coming up again. But um, yeah, good strong roles is what I'm looking for.
3: Yeah, and you've done in my dream. <laughs> And as I say, you, you're, you're starting to uh, come back to acting now. And you've done a short recently you want to talk about? I
4: um, did. Directed by Neil Flynn. It's uh, with Pale Rebel, Rebel Productions called Uncut Dove. And it was filmed uh, in its entirety, you know, um, without any stops. So that was a bit tricky because, you know, first of all, we had 12 or 14 pages of dialogue and then it went up to 20 pages. And the first thing is that I thought, God, I'll never be able to retain this information, you know, uh, brain fog or what have you. But I once I accepted the role, that all disappeared and it just came so easily. Uh, the focus um, we had, of course, it was during the Covid time. So we had the Zoom rehearsals and um, the only conscious thing I was <laughs> aware of was that my neighbours, because we had to, you know, build up scenes and crescendos and build it up to a, you know, the loud and crazy moments. That was the only time I was conscious, and I'd have to shout at the window, "It's okay. I'm only acting. It's not real. Myself and Brian aren't fighting." <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, yeah. But I loved it, and I, you know, it was that kind of creativity, and um, yeah.
3: But so, in terms of how the, because I'm I'm dying to see it. In terms of how the story is told, is this. Is it kind of Dogville? Is this like all theatre stage
2: or? It's
4: quite theatrical. So Neil would have, his um, playwright and award-winning playwright, and um, theatre would be his, his background. But um, it was, you know, moody lighting and and beats into walking into position. So not only would from the technical aspect, which I love, in filmmaking. So not only have you to, you know remember where you are in a script or, you know, being aware of your entire crew and your setup, but also trying to be in the moment um, and at times. You know, you, you have to move into a beat and then sometimes you just hope that you naturally flow and it does happen. So and thankfully, you know, it was on a budget. We had one day to shoot it. We spent a lot of time rehearsing um, because it was tricky with the tech guys and the beats for lighting and...
3: So process-wise, it felt very much like a sort of a, a, an amalgamation of theatre and cinema. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And it's beautifully shot. Um, so it's an emotional piece. Um, and like that, it's... Um, I suppose the joy and the pain of having children and when they have passed... Um, or may be ill. It's that complicated emotional kind of resonance. Um, so digging deep for me, um, which I can do, <laughs> um, and I love to go there. But it can be a very dark and lonely place. But the the reality is, you you know, on on cut is that. God, you know that's not my life. You know, thank God. You know what I mean? That emotional kind of. The,
3: the, God, yeah, the relief people, that it is the character and, you're playing. Yeah, reality <laughs> is that
4: people do go through those through those emotions. Mm-hmm. So, that's where I think people might, um, when they see the film, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a unpleasant uh, film from that kind of aesthetics, but emotionally, it's 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 a tough one.
3: So. Um, like how how important is that to you, the, the idea of collaboration with the other artists involved, like uh, r- writers, other actors, the director, um, to your own creative process? Because you mentioned there about uh, like going deep into mm. one's own experience and stuff. So how important is that collaboration? Well,
4: myself and Neil on this occasion, you know, we had discussed life. And he got to know me as a, as a person, I suppose, and, um, you know, And suss out, I suppose, how well I could carry it. But like that, it came with beats and rhythms. So I suppose he had to trust me, and I had to trust him that when we would, you know, go into these dark places, that. And it it was, how do you say? um, I mean, sometimes it was good and sometimes it wasn't, but, you know, it ended up being fine. I,
3: hope. <laughs> what, I suppose you know, what's the the theme the central theme of the film
4: it is what's it called again by the way Uncut Love dove. Black Cat um, it's I suppose it's it's ultimately love desperation desperation to be loved um, lost love clinging to the last bit of hope to the last bit of love love for oneself, love for another um, and when that's all taken away from you so people might resonate with it because that can come in all sorts of forms be it from war or being evicted or you know breaking up in a relationship um, in this instance it's the worst when a child dies so
3: yeah and uh just want to remind listeners that we're at the uh, Skull, the Fastnet Film Festival in Skull here, and we're in the podcast studio outside the hotel. So we're out in the open, the open road. So when you hear tractors go by and and people chatting away in the background, that's because we're not in a recording studio right now. We're at the Skull Film Festival. Fast it's a very Netflix. plush little studio, mind it you. It is. Uh, it's, uh, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and so, I suppose what's ahead now i mean you you've just done this short are you you're, you're looking to to do more upcoming work as an actor is,
4: i am i mean yeah. i did um i worked on um my nephew's film john farley um his movie the sleep experiment which was kind of the start of oh my god i just i just love it i love acting mm-hmm. and also from my from my you know being a mother and having four daughters it's me saying to them anything and everything is possible you put your mind to it if you love something get it you know what I mean and work at something you love because it'll never be a job Mm. and you'll put 110 percent into it and I do when I work I mean when people say okay that's Rob I'm like are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to do another take but between unions and what have you, um, I could work around the clock.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm a good worker. <laughs> um, I suppose I, uh, whenever it is something that you absolutely love, you just, as you say, it doesn't feel like work. Uh, what was it? It was Kubrick, I think, said... Uh, don't let people know you would do this for free. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, because you it, love it that much.
4: Well, <laughs> if there's a project there that, mm. you know, and I totally understand with younger filmmakers, it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy maybe to approach an actor that, you know, may have a certain fee in their head, but I was young once. Yeah. And as actors, I mean, it's a tough profession, yeah, so that's... I understand the struggle. Um, so, you know, freebies or discounts. If you see the project and you think, God, my God, I've got to help this person get this project off the ground. And the wonderful thing is for the director or for these young directors, I mean, they're working with people who have been in the game a long time. So, you know, young directors don't have to work about kind of look, OK, they're directing, but they can leave it up to the actor to do a bit more.
3: Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that actually leads me to my last question. I mean, what advice would you give? You've done this for a long time. What advice would you give to young, or not necessarily just young, but new filmmakers, new actors to the industry?
4: I think not to be afraid to take a risk. I think put yourselves out there send the scripts. If you think there are actors out there who can play your roles, send the scripts to them. I mean, and I know other actors, you know, who, who like that have had their families and are coming back in uh, and like that, OK, we're a little bit older, we're wiser. And um, we come with, you know, good weight to our, yeah. <laughs> our roles. <laughs> um, and yeah, to, to take the chance and go for it. OK, there might be knocks. We all have that in life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But you've got to try and keep trying and keep trying. Like this is my father. That was fifteen years in the making. Yeah. You know, and Paul That's he amazing to hear yeah. his ground. Yeah. And he got the finest cast. I mean, it's amazing.
3: That's brilliant, I So stick to your guns, keep at it, yeah.
4: Yeah. You believe it, it'll happen.
3: Moya, thanks very much indeed, Thank you very and much enjoy deep. the rest of the festival.
4: I will, and it's a lovely sunny day out there, and, and it's enjoy a great pleasant town. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful festival. You know, it's um, yeah, it's always it's always great fun to come and you know meeting people. It's and it's a lovely community, and it's yeah, well done anyway to the crew as well and to the festival organisers. Thanks, so much. Thank you. So we're back in the camper van
1: at the uh, um, Fastnet Film Festival here in West Cork, and and uh, It's a uh, Probably the hottest hottest experience ever. Um, and I've been to South America. Um, it's so warm here today. We're so grateful for, and we're also so grateful to Rambling Rover, Rover, Rambling Rover camper vans that very, very graciously are support are supporting this trip and our and our work with FNI in general. Thanks so much to Paul. And Nave there and the team, if you're, the summer is upon us. If you want a camper van, visit ramblingrover.ie. Also, a massive thanks to uh, our Buy Me A Coffee membership. Um, If you want to support the work that we do, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. Buy us a cup of coffee, and if I see you, I'll buy you one back. Um, So today... Um, in as part of the uh, Fastnet Festival, um, Fastnet are known for their, you know, incredible quality of shorts and uh, supporting uh, up and coming directors and fostering new talent. And I'm joined today by uh, two filmmakers that uh, are really, really good: uh, Jamie O'Rourke, Harry. Hello, how are you? And Shane Serrano. Um, How's it going, Sh- Sh- Shane? In particular, it's great to like I've seen kind of stuff you've done online, and I've been kind of through F and I've been following kind of some bits you've done. So I always wanted to have a little bit of a chat and just kind of see what you're about and you know, and you know, um, kind of where you're going and hear a little bit about your journey. And Jamie, I've seen your short uh, calf, which is really excellent. Um, Thank you. So I might start, and we we'll kind of go back and forth. Uh, Jamie, tell us a little bit about how you started in the creative world writing directing how, how was it for
5: you uh sure um i think like a many uh filmmakers I, I think i'm quite a mixed background um i started in post-production and um, and worked as an editor uh, not as a film editor but um just as an editor of short form content like um working on live sports uh, player interviews that kind of thing um, and then moved into kind of writing stuff and pitching for, got it into my head, I wanted to make films and um, started uh, writing writing shorts and it uh, took a while for me to uh, write one that I wanted to make or that I didn't, didn't think was derivative, which I think when everybody starts out, you just kind of do that derivative. I want to make something like this, you know. Um, but um, so the first film I did was a film called Scrap I was in twenty twenty one and it was a self funded short film. Uh, it cost me eleven grand um, of my own money. Or the credit uh, union, eleven grand. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the savings. Um, but um, i have yeah. since made a good bit of that back. It did, it did well. It did what I wanted more to the point, which was sure. to get me uh, the next one, a funded one. Uh, but also as well, because it did, it did okay and. Um, And there is actually some money you can scrape back through, like we're lucky enough to get it onto short screen or there's an acquisition fee for that. But I I also, we got into a festival called Clermont-Ferrand, which, and then I met a sales agent and he's since kind of sold it to a few VODs and stuff like that. Uh, That short film, uh, the reason why I made it and self-funded it in the first place was because I'd get down to the last few on a panel and they'd always say, oh, we haven't made that. All right, kind of, I, mm. I didn't know what the reason was, but somebody then eventually kind of said it to me and put me aside and just goes, "Look, the, the the script is good and whatever. It's just this person has made something. and We know they can do it. Chicken, so, chicken, and chicken, egg, chicken yeah, yeah. Carrot and horse, chicken and egg,
1: or whichever one you want to go with. Yeah, um, just give us some funding, please. Yeah. Thank you.
5: <laughs> well, you know what? It's ultra competitive. I, think, I, yeah. I like, I, 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 I think. I don't I don't I don't begrudge it in mm. fact I'm delighted I did it I think and it also I think it's the people that do do it are like Shane is definitely you know goes out and does all his own stuff you know and it's yeah. like those are the if you do it you're hungry for it if you complain about it you know it's just a natural fact that this is it's ultra competitive when you it's get all about attitude really isn't it and resiliency <laughs> i think so yeah um so that's then we applied for our, for the for calf funding for calf and um that was through the virgin Screen Ireland discoveries discoveries thing last year and so Lovely. we got that and um so we made that it uh, came out in february screened at diff um and next screen will be at udens i think I'm pronouncing not right which is in denmark it's um oscar qualifying festival excellent London. great
1: to be working that's well um, um and that is my that's your route to market route very good shane tell us a little bit about kind of um your own kind of backstory and um working in limerick and and finding your way into the professional
6: realm yeah i mean i suppose i let me think, where to start? <laughs> talk um, about yourself, Go. Yeah, I, so, okay, so, well, I mean, I I was born in Dublin, but I've grown up my whole life in Limerick, and kind of, I don't know, I've always been very Limerick-centric, so everything that I do, like, you know, also I play music, so everything from friends and bands, and I've always wanted to stay in Limerick, so it's always True. been a bit of a weird one, because I always knew the industry was happening in Dublin or other places, so it was kind of a, a strange thing like like that that I kind of stayed, but it's all all coming up Millhouse, I think, for Limerick at the moment. It's like there's a lot going on in terms of my own story, my own journey, or whatever. Um, I guess I, I went to college in Cork. Uh, I went to CIT, uh, and I've always kind of done a bit of everything. But when I did my Erasmus in Germany, that's when I actually did my first short film. Mm-hmm. That's. Seventeen years ago. Oh, wow! <laughs> Something like wow. That. I didn't realize that was. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, I mean, in terms of directed shorts, uh, so yeah, that would be my first one that I did about 16 17 years ago. Wow! And then uh, my second directed short was only last year. <laughs> if that makes it. So it's a. I know that seems like a huge gap, but that's I do a lot, a lot of music, lot of music lot of videos. Uh, that's a lot of pre-production. Yeah, no, but I do a lot of music videos. So I mean, sure. I've I've directed. I kind of like I would be a self shooter as well. So I'd be like a director in a DOP, and I would edit when it comes to music videos I would do all of my own stuff as well um and uh but yeah so then like I I, I in that meantime I have done about 150 music videos something Jesus. like that for a lot how of does music, how
1: does music inform your work in general because you play as well don't you? yes yeah. I
6: do yeah so that's that's the thing it's just like I guess I mean in terms of uh uh, that's how it kind of just happened as well in terms of a networking thing because it's like as I'm out and, as a musician yeah. playing touring getting to know other musicians that are other bands and I get to do videos for those bands and then it just kind of keeps on going like that yeah. and it's just it's just so I mean over the years obviously just doing a lot of stuff with a lot of independent limerick artists and then you get to work with people who obviously just kind of come up the ranks as well like Denise Chyla um you, Green. You've worked, you've worked with... I've done I've done a photography work with with Denise okay. there's another filmmaker in Limerick uh, who's very good friends with kind of that crew so he's done their videos but i've done a lot of like promo photography with denise um and stuff like that but then yeah then just over the years just you get to work with the coronas roshino mary black and i don't know yeah we just did stuff like with moving hearts and Borgosh theater we've done yeah it's just like you yeah. see i have a video production company as well so kind of through that we do a lot of other stuff so we lot of do a lot of commercial corporate um, events, music videos ah, plug, uh, all sorts of, of <coughs> <coughs> Crude Media so crude, Crude.ie is the production company and we kind of do everything through that anyway okay. but, uh, well, yeah.
1: um, so uh, Cork how do you feel about this both of you about this festival in particular and how important is it in the calendar mm-hmm. And um,
6: I mean I love it this is, my, this is only my second time here um, I was here last year with a film uh, and yeah fell in love with the festival kind of knew I had to come back this year it's quite special isn't it mm-hmm. I mean the
1: oh, area as well
5: yeah I um, I've heard about it this is my first Time then, but I've heard so many. Every year, it's like, are you going to to just. Skull,
1: yeah, know? it's Skull it's, it's, it's Skull isn't it? Skull? I think it's Skull Yeah, skull, yeah. yeah. it's um, an sorry. it's
5: Strange. Well, I kind of was thinking when I got down here. I mean, the sun makes a difference to this yeah. thought process. But um I was kind of thinking when I got there and I was like, "Whoa, I haven't been here before." <laughs> you know, it's. I mean, it's a. It is a. It's well worth the four-hour, five-hour trip or whatever it is. You know, I definitely yeah. be coming back. And it's nice, obviously, to have a film screening. But like you can already tell that that's not to be all an end all here. It's just, it's kind of the community kind of coming down. And that's that's pretty and much that's why what I mean. Yeah. Here
6: this year because yeah it's just like well, i mean i have friends you know that have uh, films and stuff in mm. the festival as well um but yeah it's
1: it's just you get to just meet people yeah it, it <laughs> seems quite organic and the interactions are you know very, like very met you well. yesterday yeah yeah of course <laughs> um i'll just uh ask you just in general terms because you know you're um clearly very accomplished in or, or you know in in a couple of different forms in terms of music and and creativity and how it's all linked and fondance into into your work. But how important is resiliency um, and supporting and collaboration and supporting in, in, in this line of work? so resilience yeah how important is being resilient how do you kind of yeah, look after yourself in terms of mindfulness and how do you bounce back from, just for from, people listening from, who are from a mental struggling. health point of view yeah, or, from or, or how to motivate in general well
5: them. I mean it's physically it's a physically it can be like a, a, a hustle because I mean long days and sets you know and then also gaps you know if you're a freelancer like I am and Shane runs his own company but he is also a kind of a freelancer in a sense or was a freelancer for a long time outside of that company I think you know, it can, it can, it can be take its toll. But you know, mm-hmm. I think I think that's part of it. I heard uh, um Ashley Walsh talk about it. She, that Irish director, song for R- R- raggy Bottom Boy, and she's great. She said the best quality she has for filmmaking is her endurance and her um, um you know ability to just keep going. You know what I mean? And you do need that. You do need a bit of that. Is you I don't think you can get into it and do it continuously and and have. You know, be ill ill health, or it's just so demand demanding. I think when you get into production, like I mean, there's other things you can do that are in pre production and stuff like that. That are, you know, you can do a nine to five on it, but when you when it gets down to the. The kind of production level, I think, is just the aspect of time is the the commodity, and you 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 need to get as much out of the day as possible, and it's it's stamina, right?
1: An emotional and physical stamina. Yeah, it's not for everyone. (laughs) Certainly not.
6: It's not for everyone, and then also it's it as in, and that's in the direct way, and then there's also the indirect way, in the sense that the people that surround you in terms of family or partners or anything like that, just their level of support and understanding in knowing that, yeah, yeah sorry, you might not see me for
7: today or for the, a couple uh, of yeah. weeks
6: or for a couple of months. or yeah. something like, I might not be around, and busy and all that kind of stuff. So um, there has to be always a kind of a gratitude to, to those people that support us, mm. you know, when we put in the long hours and all sorts of stuff. But um, So that's what the thank you speeches are for. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, no, and then just, I, I guess it's, it's also, as time passes, um, you just have to delegate and also be f- uh, so for someone like myself who kind of like was always as that kind of self-shooter and you know all that kind of thing you you take on everything yourself but as the kind of like the workload gets bigger or the company wants to get bigger and, and expand all that kind of stuff i just have to release relinquish control and just know how to delegate how know how to direct and know how to explain myself well so that somebody else can do the job but the way I kind of want it done or something like that depending on what it is you know sure um that is just that's definitely I think a lot of people don't still don't learn that lesson and they still keep it all to themselves and they'll they'll just they'll burn out very very quickly and there's times that I have for sure like and I but like you know like this year we've got I've got like three editors working constantly with our stuff and then yeah, just, just taking the pressure off exactly of taking the pressure out just so that you know because I would like to be able to get you know a, a decent amount of sleep each night, and I would <laughs> are also any like kids. To... No, not yet. No,
1: okay, no. just uh, stay clear. <laughs> so lap door I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The kids are wonderful. Like if they give you something to work for. Um, in my case, anyway. Um, what about rejection? How do you both deal with that? Because it's such a huge, you know, um, dark cloud that follows uh, whatever level you're at. You know, I mean we had someone on I often tell people the story, like well known director who had a feature out but he you know, was rejected for funding for something huge and he came on the show and he was like, I, I was gonna cancel on you lads. It's just yeah, you know, I just got cut punched a fucking year's work. I
0: mm. think
1: uh I think
5: uh, <clears throat> I think, uh you've got to make it less dark, i think for a start you know like it, it's 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 inevitable it's just going to happen you're going to get yeah. nose constantly and uh, yeah i mean depending on the scale of what you're <laughs> asking for you know is will determine how big the cloud is but uh, yeah i think i think that's just something you learn very when, from the very start when you start pitching for funding and start asking for people for for money and to break into what is a, uh, is a uh, kind of uh, a community, it's, uh, but it is one you kind of need to kind of shuffle, force your way into a little bit. You yeah. gotta make some, you know, I've got to kind of, and until you do that, you get no's. And when you do, when you're in there, you still get loads of no's. And you're gonna you be all nose. And, and I'd say it's out of ten, out of ten answers, nine of them are no's and one's yes. So like, it's just you're gonna have to. If you don't like rejection, don't go do something. Don't else.
6: ask the question. Yeah. yeah. Just be stubborn. Just yeah. keep going. Yeah. Uh, and if it's really, I mean, you'll find a way to make it. If it's really something you really want to get made, and could mm. be. If it is a short or something like that, it is all your crowdfunding and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Have several projects on the yeah. go and something might go dormant for a while and you can kind of come back to it in years or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, just, yeah, keep yourself busy. Have several mm-hmm. ideas. and But all those ideas, once again, don't have to be all on top of you. Yeah. Like, collaborate. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna, you know, I'm maybe going to work oh, this film with, oh, with those filmmakers and then this one, this one, and then something else will happen. And at least there's several people just trying to keep keep the, the ball rolling, I guess. Yeah, I suppose it's about
1: healthy collaboration, isn't it? Yeah. Um, one last question, just to annoy audience before you go. <laughs> what would you, what advice would you give kind of your younger selves looking back now?
5: Oh, um, I think I would have loved to have started earlier, I guess. I did um, psychology as a degree and then I got into um, invent- m- m- I didn't, don't regret that that was a very interesting degree to do but I then like well, I went into like event management after that for years and slowly began to hate that and it was only <laughs> when I when I quit that and t- went back and look at, like did this m- mad minimum requirement multi uh, dig- m- digital multimedia c- course where I thought I was going to be a coder or some shit but um I, we did the we just module on like documentary and filmmaking. I ended up editing that, and it was just <laughs> it was just that like that made me realize. Oh wait, you you love not You just try and do this thing, you know. So uh, yeah, long story short, uh, I think uh, you know I only started maybe like editing maybe eight years ago, so that's the point where I kind of got into, in, interested. Whereas I could have done that like ten years earlier or whatever. Do you mm. know what I mean? Or started, but. I, th- I also think the point you get to in your life or this point that I'm at now in my life has informs the stuff that I'm maybe making as well, you know, so I think yeah. everything's a journey. I, you know, but sometimes
6: just have just start go, you start have to go, you have to go the long
1: way around. That's right? it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Shane
6: do it with friends (laughs) i think it's just like find your tribe as that phrase goes or find people with common ideas common ambitions and just like do it with other people i think Mm. i just kind of did a lot of it on my own and i do wish that i had just kind of as i said just that delegation or be able to do it with other people and share the workload and share the journey with other people as well like um yeah i think that'll be that'd be kind of my advice yeah um
1: just uh, tell us where people might be able to see calf in the near future
5: uh, I think you can still see it on
1: the Virgin player it's still on the player uh, and Scrap yeah. is still on the RT player if wonderful you the um, other and Shane
6: anything that, where
1: people might find some of your work online uh,
6: well my own website is com, or then the production company is crude.ie but um, uh, since I'm a DOP as well there's a couple of shorts that'll be coming out in other festivals during the year there'll be one coming out in the FLA and stuff like that i don't think i can really say much more because i don't think it's announced yet but yeah there is coming up stuff in the FLA and other film festivals i think around and
1: europe yeah and what's next quickly for both of yeah
5: well we are, you can talk about that we can talk about um well i'm trying to get i'm writing and developing a first feature so hopefully try and get that in for development funding um and I yeah, a couple of other short film projects that may or may not happen depending on the, the rejection
6: levels. <laughs> the rejection levels, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. Similar. So. Also have a couple of shorts that are just like shortlisted that we're trying to get funding for and things like that and other I mean, if if everything kinda it does actually come true for me later in the year. It's mm. going to be a very busy later in the year. Okay. <laughs> but a whole bunch of traveling yeah. abroad. And, you know, nice. hope that well, my some. supporter partners still supportive. Do you want a camera? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll to uh, I don't think I can a take nice, this uh, yeah, out of flight. <laughs> You're rambling. ramble on <over. laughs> No, it's
5: a nice uh, end to a big bring back to the... Uh, exactly. The pa- thank lovers. you, ramble <laughs>
1: um, Listen, lads, continued success. Oh, um, cheers. It's thank thank really you, nice to meet much. you both. Uh, and you. Thanks, Paul. Take it easy. Cheers.
2: Thank you.
5: We're in the camper van with Michael.
2: Give us your full name, there, Michael. Uh, Michael Patrick O'Hara.
0: That is as Irish <laughs> as it gets. <laughs> yeah, but I'm you're sure not actually Irish.
2: Fictitiously Irish, uh, <laughs> Hollywood Irish name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Foreign O'Hara, which was wasn't she Fitzgerald or <laughs> something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you haven't got full Irish with yeah, the yeah. Mick. The what? You haven't got Mick. No. No, no. Well, Give we... it to Michael. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Mick um, so you've come all the way from Canada Toronto, Canada. Toronto. Yeah. yeah
5: so tell us about the film that has brought you to West
2: Coast. yeah it's um I was here in 2016 with another project a uh, comedy I did uh, that I sold up in CBC but Canada uh, called Talent Drivers but um this one is a documentary on a woman who had a brain stem stroke. But originally, um, years ago, I did a documentary on the public's perspective of dreams. And I shot it in uh, 18 donut shops across southern Ontario. Because it was the best place to catch people in the morning. Uh, and coffee wasn't even that big yet. Donuts were more. <laughs> <Right laughs> like, but it was a great place to get people... Um, you know they had they had just woken up and the dream was fresh in their head before the coffee hit them right and i did this little demo to get uh funding uh through the grant arts grants in canada and uh, it turned out amazing it was just a five little cut five minute cut the people i caught in these donut shops were just so enthralled to tell you about the their dreams right and i was really fascinated with um kind of an anthropological point of view on how people interpret their own dreams without going to um, great length to talk to specialists or dream analysts or Jungians or what have you. So um, I really engineered it, that they were the majority of the vox pop of the doc. And it was a th- 22 minute film I sold to television stations and up in Canada, doc stations, TVO. And they got awarded in Chicago and Columbus, did quite well. So then um, I didn't really get into docs after that. I was trying to go into uh, features and sort of TV. But um, uh, during COVID, this woman wrote me out of the blue. And she said, uh, I really love Talent Drivers. She wrote me on LinkedIn. First time I've ever had a contact on LinkedIn. She just found it on YouTube? She just found, yeah, an algorithm for Talent Drivers. Right. And she said, I really love your show. And... uh, I guess she looked me up. Her name is Claire Kunzel. She's a producer in London, uh, from Scotland, yeah. and she works on a lot of series. She just did um, one of the episodes she helped produce of the Reluctant Traveler, Eugene Levy show, and um, the Finnish one. She went, They went to Finland. So she said, um, "Have you thought of doing any more docs?" We were writing back and forth. I says, "I always wanted to do one on on um, prisoners." <clears throat> Because that, that came to me right in '94, or so. And I wanted to do a follow-up to the documentary because I had a lot of good buzz from it. I got five sectors of financing from the government, five different grants, which is amazing. And that came up to about $55,000. 55, and nowadays, you can do a heck of a lot with that with digital. This was all on 16 mil and separate sound and an ag and so on. But, um, but anyway, so... Um, so I always wanted to go to prisons and interview people and and, and individuals in prison to see if being incarcerated locked up was um, and it had an effect on the dream state giving you the chance to get out of your confinement and so Claire said on the uh, you know the message to me that she wrote she says you know what's interesting COVID has done that to us Hmm. and we've all been locked in and I I thought yeah of course the the anxiety Hmm. has also accentuated our dreams but we also have been able to sleep in during COVID, mm-hmm. which allows you to have more REM in the last period of your sleep, which right. accentuates the dreams. Cool. And yeah, so then um, I I thought, oh, I'd love to do this. So I Claire got subjects in um, London and Ireland, which is um, Clodagh Dunlop, the subject of our film, and um, and I got a f- about four subjects in Canada, Vancouver, Toronto. And one guy was in Italy, actually, and he was he he experienced COVID being in, in an induced coma. Uh, he, they, he survived the induced coma. Hmm. So. Um, so when when I saw and interviewed all these people, they had about an hour on each of them. And Cloda's was like a film in itself. She her the dr- the drama, dramatic arch of her story was just so incredible that I knew this has to be, you know, this is a short film. And I had them. First I had an hour, then I had twenty minutes, then I had seven, and I brought it up to nine or 9. 55, 10 It's at now. Right. But yeah, and she's an incredible. She had locked-in syndrome. Mm-hmm. She had a brainstem stroke, and this um, she's it's a brainstem stroke is a most severe stroke, one of the most severe. Most people don't uh, recover, and um, sh- you have complete locked-in syndrome, which is a paralysis of the whole body you're fed through tubes and airways, and uh, and then uh, you have nothing but your eyelids that open, and you can hear. So you have these faculties, but you cannot respond, you can't move your hands. It's just, she said it was like being buried alive. And she also felt like she was an astronaut cut off from her spaceship, just floating in space. Oh, wow. But she, what the most profound thing she said was, the only reason I survived this horrendous experience was i had these lucid dreams during this whole experience and she um was able to relive her her childhood with her sister on the beach and she wasn't just like the adult watching she was there as a child uh-huh. Uh-huh. and she just had this incredibly accentuated dream state that said that's the only reason i got through this i she really feels she would have died if she didn't have that kind of wow escape escape for herself and she's she sounds
5: amazing like exceptional that she was able to describe that in such a compelling sort of a way yeah so, yeah. yeah
2: she's really she really did it was uh, f- so fascinating and and uh i shot it on zoom because we were doing these interviews during COVID. right and what was great about it was they she was so amazing because she looked right at me you know she's always looking at the camera mm. and i have cutaways to a little bit of animation for the astronaut she mentioned right And then I have great shots of her in the ocean because she would cry and the salty tears would get in her and go down her neck and she wasn't able to scratch. And so whenever that was happening, she would force herself into this um memory of being in the sea when the water would burn her eyes yeah the, the salt in the water is right amazing yeah it's amazing what the mind and the body can do to uh survive How did you that's come- the name of the film uh in your dreams dreams as survival yeah. but i'm also doing uh a whole series on dreams the public's perspective of dreams like my first doc and that was called donuts people in their dreams okay yeah. you can find that on youtube yeah Amazing. But, How did she come out of the? Company? Yeah, she she took a year total to recover. Right. She's um, going to be in town tonight as well. If you want to, yeah, chat with her. Yeah. Um, and um, she took relatively a year, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, years ago, there was a film uh, called "The Diving Bell and the Butterfly," and mm. if you remember, it's yeah. a French film. Yeah. And this gentleman, it uh, was in the. I think it happened in the early eighties for him but his therapist taught him the alphabet through blinking, Mm. and he only had one eyelid. And he tells his story of his life and this journey and what it feels like to be locked in through the blinks. Mm. And he wrote a novel, and Julian Schnappel, I don't know if I pronounced that right, the director adapted it or made it a a feature, just the most beautiful feature, and and it came out in the 90s, mid to early 90s. Yeah. But yeah it's quite twi- and then so she's actually in court today at a hospital where she's um supporting a young a young lad who had um the brainstem stroke as well wow. on on new year's day this year and he's been in locked in for like five months so yeah it's pretty brutal and uh, yeah is it a slow coming out of so it? she yeah she had a slow coming out i didn't really show a lot of that yeah. in the film yeah um i showed her initial like tawny, kind of catatonical state in the yeah. hospital. Yeah, yeah. Where she started. Yeah. And then uh it's mostly her describing what happened. Yeah. But um yeah, it I saw pictures of her evolution. There's a book. Uh she she's a policewoman in northern Belfast. Right. And her book is called A Return to Duty. Okay. And it's a really popular book with Hi. uh in the Stroke Foundation. She works on behalf of the Stroke Foundation in wow. Ireland and she ah. does benefits and stuff and she's an amazing woman yeah. but her recovery is quite miraculous yeah
5: um as then so did you you had this you
1: had this interview and you had to go and visualize it so was that a challenge for you to, to yeah,
2: yeah i mean her story was so compelling because it's yeah. just an incredible story of survival yeah. but i yeah. when she told me about how she used her dreams was like yeah. wow that's exactly what i want to show yeah. the public is uh yeah. You know that the reason I did the first doc and this doc was um to show people you know that dreams are far more important than they think. Yeah. And uh, and I love to get people, just the regular, you know, regular people talking about it and and telling you how they um, use them in their life for, yeah. you know, insights for yeah. guidance for healing and yeah. uh, survival, which was first. Sometimes people don't really. Yeah, Think it's about. like I I actually am working on a podcast too. Yeah, it's called the tip of the iceberg. Okay. Because that's basically what we get is the dream yeah. is the top of the iceberg, y- yeah. but there's this massive amount of the subconscious that is yeah. below yeah. our you know our our awareness. Yeah. And um, you know, we could dig at it, and sometimes you know it comes to us in in yeah. small increments, but yeah. it's it's always talking to us, and it's and it's such an important part of the body and the healing of ourselves or just even sleep every night is such a big deal with yeah how you recover
5: fascinating
1: yeah
2: um can't wait to see them catch it later Hi, we're
1: back in the in the sweatbox. Uh, <laughs> thanks to rambling rover camper vans. Thank you so much for helping us out. If you're after a camper for your film and TV project, uh, contact Paul and me if they look after you. They're incredibly supportive of film and TV and they, they really want to get involved. So uh, give them a shout, they look after you. Or if you just want a ramble, uh, around the country to look after you too uh, great rates lovely people and, and, and good friends of ours now and um, also if you want to support the podcast and the work that we do go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI and you can buy us a coffee and if we see you in person we'll buy a coffee back um, so uh, I've been trying to get the, uh, this pair on the podcast and I've told them a couple of times over the last year or year and a half uh, um, because they, uh, number one, I admire their work, but they're also very straight up in their work and also, uh, you know, integrity is a big thing with them. Um, Johnny Elliott, actor, uh, Man About Town, uh, uh, Still alive. When I <laughs> first one. came across Jamie in 1996 1901, he was uh, incredibly uh, encouraging. Um, and uh, Tanya Nataro, am I saying that right? Yes, Nataro. Yeah. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, Thanks, um So, first of all, I'll just talk to you about this festival and the weather and, and the atmosphere and the vibe. It's a little different, isn't it, to mm. other festivals? Yeah.
8: It's it's our first time here, and I'm just blown away by how beautiful it is, and how boho and artsy, and I like it's it's incredible. I love what we got here last night, and everyone is just so lovely.
1: It make you want to buy a boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
8: yeah. 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 Um,
7: it's, yeah, it's, a, it's such it's a really cool really festival, beautiful, isn't? yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's really uh, yeah, it's really sort of cutting edge and cool, you know.
1: Yeah, I was like, it's one of the festivals that, I've, like, I've, you know, being an actor and working in film and TV over the years, I've been to a lot of them. I've never been here, and it wasn't a conscious thing. Mm. And then being invited to come down and, and and get involved from the from the festival's perspective was uh, really exciting. But I just didn't know a hell of a lot about it. I knew the, the Corona Film Festival and so on, but just being here and how well run it and how dedicated they are and how... Um, enthusiastic and it's it's really something it's really impressive. Yeah Uh, it's fantastic.
8: I love those like small intimate festivals where people are literally just there to because they love cinema, they love film and they all support each other and it's just a really beautiful vibe. Yeah. Um of people just going out and having loads of pints. Yeah supporting each other. Yeah and just like
7: this this weather
8: makes us something special. Yeah. 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 We're doing
7: this podcast in a camper van
1: yeah. Uh, down here in the middle of the It's just just incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's a perfect storm. Yeah, no. I mean, look, I mean, if the weather was like this fucking, you wouldn't go on holidays, you know? If it was like this all yeah. the time, yeah. you wouldn't have to, you'd just go around the country. So I'll talk to you, uh, I suppose, just for our listeners and um, of the show, if you could tell us, I suppose, a little bit about, I'll start with you, Tanya, just about your, your journey. How did you, when did your kind of creative journey into filmmaking and acting When did that start and what kind of inspired you early on?
8: Um, It's weird because I was never, ever wanted to be involved in film. And it just kind of something that really happened. I was a musician and um, at the time I was kind of of falling out of love with what I was doing in music. And Jeff and Johnny, I didn't know Johnny at the time. I knew Jeff from years ago. Jeff Doyle. shout out to Jeff Doyle. Yeah. Mm. He asked me to audition for one of his films. I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) I was like, audition for a film you you been saying because i did like music videos and kind of some yeah. like stuff like that like the and then um, comfortable
1: in front of the yeah camera like stuff.
8: Yeah. um <laughs> and then met johnny in the audition room and i ended up getting the part and from that then i met john connors and john connors then um gave me an audition for cardboard gangsters and i got that and i was like oh okay maybe this is kind of fun so i started acting and That was tough. And um, I kind of felt that I was, you know, being from and being walking classes like that, I felt like I was being typecasted. And one thing that really, really saddened me was that whether I could walk or not was in the hands of somebody else. Mm. And I'm very impatient and I always want to walk and I love walking. There's no agency (laughs)
1: when you're an actor. No, yeah, that's 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 exactly.
8: I had no agency, so I was constantly waiting for walking. And I was like, oh God, I can't do this. And then Johnny told me, he was like, why don't you start writing? And I was like, no. write?" No. <laughs> you right? You insane? Then I start, I end, I end up doing a master's in screenwriting and then that just, whatever was happening there just happened really, really quickly with stuff I was doing. It just young. clicked for you. It just clicked. But she um,
7: didn't do things by half. So she said, why don't you start writing? Okay, yeah, I'm, going I'm going to, to do a Masters. masters. <laughs> you <Yeah>, know, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So it wasn't like, I, it. It
8: was I literally game, locked or... myself yeah. in a, in my room for a year wow. and just watched films, read screenplays. Uh, yeah. Mm. Did a Masters. And... Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, And then I got, um, like, direct, and I'm like, what? Like, how am I doing this? I'm still kind of not, like, in a little bit, going, it's not really real. Well, I think, look, everybody
1: that's come on our show, uh, no matter how successful or what level they're at, um. They there's an element of imposter syndrome. It doesn't go away. Oh yeah. God! I shouldn't so be here. you don't want me here. Yeah. I'm not good enough. You know. It, I, it's healthy. I appetizers. think
7: it is healthy. Yeah. Uh, I I'm, I'm always kind of suspicious about people who are in love with their own work. Yeah. You know. Mm. Um. I I, I I hate when I'm on set and people are slapping each other on the back and saying isn't this brilliant? And, oh, that's that's a, that's a that's a red flag for me. You know. Yeah. Mm. I sort of think that it's it's important to be to have a kind of a a healthy sense of you know scepticism about your own yeah work, you yeah know?
1: yeah absolutely and you yeah, look that critical minds are very important to yeah. make sure things are going the way they're supposed to go yeah when yeah. if you're self-congratulatory kind of stuff is no one there's no journey in that yeah yeah like, you know it's like yeah. look at me um Tell us a little bit about your kind of journey and how you got into acting and, um, I, and, oh, oh and writing and, and, <laughs> and directing. You direct as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah.
7: yeah. Time's going to take the piss now because we're, we're going to go right back to the early nineties. <laughs>
8: <laughs> yeah, I, ta- I don't remember. I wasn't no, born.
7: <laughs> I, was doing, I, was, I started doing a bit of theatre in the early nineties, and I've uh, gone back to ninety two, I think. And uh, I was doing that for a few years, and then I, I just. I just stopped, you know, um, just life gets in the way, different things happen, um, and you, you just take a different direction and all that sort of stuff, and then about... I, I thought I was out, and then I was driving a taxi, and I got a, um, a pickup in up I'd go to a gaff in Malahide to pick up, and it was Brendan Gleason. Ah. And um, I'd seen his plays. He he used to when he was starting off, he used to it. was a, a, a brilliant theatre group uh, called The Passion Machine. Passion Machine, yeah. Mircea. Yeah. Paul Mersi, yeah. Paul Mersi, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he was my teacher in school in Greendale oh, in right. yeah, oh, the right. Yeah, OK. And um, they had some great plays, War, Breaking Up uh, and stuff like that, Studs and stuff. And uh, I just got yapping to him about some of those old plays, And he was telling me that we talked about Breaking Up and I didn't know that he'd actually written Breaking Up and all that sort of stuff and then I was just we were just yapping away and I just says I oh, used to do a bit of acting and he like, goes, why don't you do it anymore I was like I don't know I don't know why don't I do it anymore and that night I went back to uh, I went home and I just googled acting classes in Dublin because I knew I, I needed some sort of training you know yeah. um, so I just googled acting classes in Dublin and I just went from there and then the following year I was at the Yifters with Brandon Gleeson
8: I yeah. wasn't with him. You you. good for own. you because I've had a long time and I still <laughs> can't get friend. to <laughs> um, you. Yeah.
1: But it's like, I suppose that was, I don't know if you believe in fate and, you know, that kind of thing, but maybe that was supposed to happen to bring you back to it, to recalibrate you, to oh, get yeah, you absolutely. where you want Yeah, to there's, be. A,
7: there's a sense of certainty though because, like, if I hadn't have been in the car at that particular time, I, that job wouldn't have come in. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone to that house. He wouldn't have asked me that question, and I wouldn't have asked that of myself, yeah. and I more than likely wouldn't be sitting here. you know? It's just mm. a weird, weird, the way life works, you know?
1: Yeah, mm. like, uh, I was in New York a couple of weeks ago, and I kind of, oh, in New York, but mm. I was in Times Square, and a filmmaker that I met at a film festival 11 years ago that I had about 10 or 15-minute chat, mm. like, was crossing, like, a, the crosswalk or whatever, and traffic lights, and uh, my, my girlfriend, and the Dalgos, was someone's staring at you. I was yeah. like, no, no, And then he came up and he tapped me on the shoulder. And he was like, Paul, I met you in a fucking like, a flower somewhere 10, 15 years ago. Stuff like that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the odds? I didn't even know he lived in New York. He's from fucking L.A. And yeah. he lived in L.A. when I met him. So the odds of that. Yeah, that's incredible. It's so insane, right? yeah. bizarre. Like yeah. life is yeah. like yeah. that. You know? Especially
7: in a city like New York, so massive. In Times is...
1: Square. Yeah. yeah. Where the, the, the would the footfall there be like, you know, how many yeah. thousand people walking every year? Yeah. Hour? yeah. So there you go. It's so strange. It's insane. And yeah. we're getting married now. <laughs> <laughs> we're very much in love well that's
8: a film in itself there Paul go ahead and start writing
1: yeah mm. totally no I do write on, um, so uh, tell us about creativity and how important it is in your lives what does it do f- for you how important is it to in terms of a sense of levity or um, a sense of um, creative construction what does that do for you for your souls and in your life and
8: I think it keeps me out of an institution, to be honest with you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you're in a camper van. <laughs> <laughs> I, I <get> like it. <laughs> like, now I am actually already in an institution in my house. Um, I don't know. It's just it's, it's like I always say, I hate writing. I hate it. It makes me feel like I'm the dumbest person in the world. Mm. But I can't stop. Like, it's it's so tough. It's like
1: picking it, a scab, isn't it? It's, it's
8: yeah. so difficult. Yeah. Like, it really is so difficult. And I always say I'm not very articulate and I don't know how to articulate my emotions, but I think I, well, writing, it's like, it's it's really therapeutic mm. for me. Yeah. Because I have so much anger inside me about the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
8: you know, I like to, I, like, I have so much anger inside me about how the world works. And yeah. I think um, being able to incorporate kind of my politics and stuff like that. Yeah. In to um, and like social social issues and stuff like that into my work really helps me to digest what's actually going on.
1: Yeah. So it's like a cathartic way of, of yeah. filtering what the, the yeah nonsense that we mm-hmm. have to, I mean, all, everything we do is just a distraction from the stuff that's really happening, right? Yeah. A lot of time yeah. and, a, and a good and healthy distraction for other people. Yeah, that's why films are so wonderful. You know? Yeah, yeah. Inspires us, you know, it motivates us, shames uh, mm-hmm. us sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know?
7: But it, it is everything. you like, it's it's where you run to, it's where you hide to, it's where you escape. Yeah. You run into cre- creativity because without that, there's the horrible realisation that life is just a big fucking queue for death you, know? <laughs> so you know and like I, I'm of the opinion that everybody is mad you know yeah. and that's that's okay you can yeah. be as mad as you like as long as you're not bad as long as you're not toxic malignant any of those things yeah. but how can you not be mad in in a, in a life like this and the way you survive is, for me is through creativity without creativity I mean it's just essential you yeah. know without it it's just can be
1: unsurvivable. It? Yeah, it's a bit kind of black holeish. How do you, how do you deal with rejection? Which and like no matter what level people are, at, everybody likes, you know.
8: It's 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 really weird. It's like, it, I think for me it completely depends on my mental state. When I get rejected, yeah. I like all right, Grant, and sometimes like you know, all right, I'm not gonna get this, but i apply anyway. Or, yeah. um, or I, I'm not. I've never been very expectant of myself. Mm. so i think that 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 like that it kind of like doesn't um hurt me too much because i don't expect much yeah. but um i think it depends like well, some of the working
1: class background like i'm from valley one yeah, some, yeah. Some, some one thing my dad used to say is don't like don't don't have high expectations you won't be disappointed yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff you know yeah there's
8: a bit of that maybe absolutely stay in your box stay yeah. within your station yeah
7: but uh, Tanya, like it, you, you are great. At it. Like the, the, Now sometimes I'd be like, "Oh my god, no, that, cool. like, <laughs>
8: everyone that, hates me." No, <laughs> oh, but
7: that's it. Like I remember, I remember the, the kind of you really taught me a lesson at one point, right, where I was kind of very cynical about the whole thing and all that sort of stuff. And um, you were you were applying and applying and applying for something. Well, I think it was it screen uh, screen skills or something like that. And I can't remember, I but I, and like different uh, different initiatives for different yeah. different organisations all that sort of stuff and you were getting rejection 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 <laughs> and I remember you, you turned around to me and you went fuck them they can't reject me forever yeah. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> thinking, People, <they> ignore <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and I remember thinking they can and they will I never said it to you they yeah. can yeah. and they will they and you proved me completely wrong because your perseverance you kept banging on that door and it paid off yeah. and then all of those rejections you don't think about them because the the, the the things you did accomplish and the things you 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 uh, you became accepted for that's what you started still proud crazy. On. He's putting it yeah. on the
1: record as well. I know. So yeah, evidence of this.
8: <laughs> it's, this yeah. This, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's know, gonna, know,
1: gonna be my ringtone
0: now. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, it, but
8: it, but it is. It oh. is difficult, but I, I I think especially now with like film making and putting your like big letter book and um, and putting films out there, um, and I worked as a film programmer. And I remember like looking at films going, Oh my god, I wish that was in this program! But mm. just the way the program worked, timing, themes that we were kind of trying to adhere to, it just didn't fit. And sometimes it's not even about what you're creating and how good your work is, yeah. it's just about sometimes a moment in time that it fit this, you know, festival or and the right person didn't see it or like this. So, and I think I've learned that myself. It's like, whatever you make, Mm -hmm. someone is going to hate it and someone's going to love it. So I think the most important thing is just be very very. you don't even have to like your work. <laughs> you don't My like I, only I, does yeah. the good I, Like I like yeah. I guess I'm gonna have glitter down here, I'm like oh, okay. <laughs> um you don't even have to like to like your work, but just always be true to your beliefs, I think for mm-hmm. me. And if you're true to your your beliefs, if anybody else doesn't like it, if it's not getting accepted, if it's not winning awards, that doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, who do who do we make it for though? You know, who's it for then? Our
8: mental health, babes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, no, just for our sanity. I'm not being facetious.
1: (laughs) Like, who's it for? You know? Yeah. It's it is for us on a level that maybe we don't understand, isn't it? Yeah.
8: Yeah, but I remember (laughs) a a friend of ours like said that Tanya, I think you make films so that one person in the cinema sitting at the back of the room. Yeah. That will help, (laughs) you know. And if that that helps, if that changes something, that's enough for me. be just that one person. Yeah. Yeah. So that one person's I can't in there, I, I, I I can help in many other ways, but what if I can help in that?
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, tell us about uh, your two shorts, because you have two shorts doing the rounds at the moment. Um, I haven't seen one, but I have seen the other. I thought it was incredibly cinematic postpartum. post-partum. That was a, a, like an arresting sensory film that should make you feel stuff. And it shows, I'll tell you, from my own perspective watching, I didn't see it in the cinema, but I felt incredibly guilty that I didn't, because yeah. it felt like something that was you exp- it, it, it's a, it was a film you experience and it made me um it made me think of my own mother who's a really strong woman and it made me empathize with women more so i have a daughter and a uh, 13 year old daughter and sisters and strong mom looks really strong my, It who's just like like matriarch and it made me Question my relationships with women, and I don't think I'm the worst bastard in the world. Mm-hmm. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, it made me kind yeah, of stuff enough. and go, yeah. "My, where am I in that?" Yeah, uh, which mm-hmm. is really good. And cinematically, it was really strong. It's a really strong visual mm-hmm. arresting mm-hmm. film, which mm-hmm. is so. I have to commend you for that. It was excellent. Thank you. Uh, but I didn't see Clitterbug. Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just to change the subject, go, lift okay. it up.
8: <laughs> um, Clarebug, I would be a huge advocate and trying to kind of reduce shame and stigma around HIV. Yeah. And um, it was the 40, 40 year anniversary of um, HIV, of the HIV pandemic and stuff like that in the UK and Ireland. And I was on a lot of podcasts and I was I was listening to kind of women talking about how they felt really left out of the narrative. OK. And at the moment, uh, it's I think women I have the higher percentage of being infected with HIV at the moment. Yeah. So I kind of felt that, you know, they're talking about being forgotten and I was like oh I really want to. You understand that because even yeah. in your mind's eye
1: when you think of HIV and AIDS you have all these figures that pop up The Dice Man, Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. yes, I, no. and I don't think I could tell you Anyone had, any yeah. woman I, I mean, yeah. in history that I know of, off hand. Yeah. So it, kind of, it kind
8: of really hit, it struck a chord with me and um, I, I wrote up a draft and I applied for the actor as creator from um, Bow Street and Screen Ireland. And I end up getting it, and I was like, "Oh no, I don't have to make have this." To make it now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we end up, yeah. I end up wrote the script, um, and I was kind of thinking about now. I had no clue how film, like obviously, I was acting like love films, but like I don't know the production side of it at all, um, and what what really you know goes in, yeah. and the the turmoil that we all go through making a film, but um. It was a crash
7: course for
8: you, wasn't it? Really, like it was it was tough. It was really tough, you know, acting, direct. And I I, I was thinking about a director and I was like, oh, no, but what if someone this because the story was really, really important to me, like the story that made it was like very, very important to me. And um, uh, I wanted I was like, if someone takes it, what if they don't really get what I want across? So I was like, I'm going to direct this as well. I can do this. But Johnny Johnny like uh, got on board, helped me all the way. I had a great DP, Colin Whelan Um, and uh, you know, when I had to put my director hat on, Colin was there to kind of put on and Johnny helped me through the whole kind of process of acting and was there by me. He was like, right, you need to get into a character now. This is where we are. I think that says a lot
1: about you, by the way, because people in other situations would have been trying to get I've seen it kind of jostling for cow credits of stuff. Didn't yeah. You know, and helping when you were clearly uh, an incredible no. en- en- encourager and motivator. You know, I think mm-hmm. Johnny
8: Johnny doesn't care about anything like that. He just yeah. cares about the work and the art, right. and. um I don't think I would have done it without you because you were so supportive and, and just yeah. so there and wanted it to work for me. It's like you know, and like I don't know how he didn't I, I don't know how I'm not buried out his back garden because I was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> I was like, This is terrible and I I I, like I literally went from being manic to like unconscious in the yeah. space of like
7: but the, you, the, her process is quite funny because she, like she, she's she, she one day she'll, she'll love the film I like it yeah I think we're, we're doing really well here and the next day I get a phone call going it's awful it's awful I've just watched it again it's awful I mean I'm, oh shut up you? and then it, it was the same with postpartum yeah. when, she, when she first seen the assembly I was having a I was having a point in the yacht um, and I got a phone call, I got a text message saying I've just seen the assembly, it's awful, we need three days reshoots, this is terrible, what am I going to do? Completely awesome. normal. Yeah, uh, like it I was I just, yeah, yeah. I broke, went. I broke so, myself. So she, she sent it to me and I went home and I looked at her and I went this is really good. Yeah, <laughs> this is really good and I rang you and just told you, right, you you have to shut up now <laughs> I know I, mean, I am yeah. terrible. but it then puts. again the next day you're back in love with it the next day after that you hated it again you know it's just it's yeah. just oh, the nature
8: because I, yeah. I feel totally. so new and again it's that like yeah. you don't know
1: <laughs> finished is better than perfect isn't you it you
8: don't know what so mm. I kind of feel you, you're going into something not really knowing what you're doing yeah. and I remember someone saying that to me is like that's the way it should always be Mm. Because if you're, if you know, if you know what you want, if, if you know the theme, if you know what you want people to feel by this film, if you know like tone and stuff like that, then going in and and, and just taking everything as it comes, knowing, knowing the structure, knowing the backbone of it, um, really doing all your research. If you go in then not knowing what you're doing, with all that kind of knowledge in the back of your head,
1: mm-hmm.
8: I think the best stuff comes. Like some like some of the stuff that we shot, we like we cut a lot of stuff out with that I thought was so necessary for the film. And I was like, No, it's not like we just mm. went in and just right right, let's do this, let's just be and you know, I was so encouraged and it was just the, even the house that we shot in was just had this really strange feel to it that was so didn't, airy. Didn't have and to work to the house like the house was just. Locking, it was a red built set, yeah. It was fantastic. So we were right. You know, we were just for postpartum. For postpartum, for post-partum. we were just yeah. right there in that moment, and I think you just go for it. Just yeah. go,
1: just do it. By the way, folks, if you're listening to this, it's available on the Virgin Media player. Yeah, the moment, um, yeah. from the so uh, for the moment, so yeah, uh, watch it. Try and watch it on a big screen. Yeah, no, but
8: that that's the thing. It's it's on a small screen, and James Latimer who did the sounds. Mm-hmm and um, oh my god we watched it in the cinema and his sound is just so incredible
7: brilliant. the sound when we, when we uh we're in the cinema uh we went in for the test screen remember mm. we sat there watching it in the test screen and it's just the sound is just
1: explosive you know? yeah it's just so important, important isn't it just change, like yeah. manipulate people People that way like Tom. james is yeah. great yeah. and the sound edit, is like, so important readings, oh,
8: yeah. Yeah. john to say and stuff like that that he edit, and he was just brilliant like i wouldn't i would just the imagery of it.
1: it was like painting, there was paintings in it. You could see the art, yeah, you know, mm. you know genuinely, yeah, really yeah. excellent. Um, I'm just going to ask you some questions that we ask kind of everyone that comes on, um, uh, just so we have kind of a library of responses of bits, um, over the years. What would you ask both of you? What advice would you give your younger selves now about the journey or how what space you were in then?
7: What would you tell them? Um, to remind yourself how lucky you are to be doing this Um, we have to always remind ourselves of that i mean we, we can get caught up in the in the um you know there's always difficulties with rejection and not getting to a certain point but you have to constantly remind yourself we're well, making films yeah. you know um you know it's it's, it's simple, but it's true. I mean, we're yeah. making films. How fucking unbelievable yeah. is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, and it's just by an accident of, you know, a geographical accident of birth. You're not a Syrian. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, you're making films. You're very lucky. Stop whinging. You
8: know? I think that's directed at me, right? No, <laughs> no
7: it's not. No, I say, no I at <laughs> me. it's directed at myself. You know, I yeah. always have to remind myself. We're very lucky to be honest. Stop
1: giving out. Yeah. Get on with it. Get out of your own way.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not perfect. There are there are issues with regards to access, regards to you know you know yourself class. Oh yeah. You know all of these these issues are are, are there, but you're still very lucky to be doing this.
1: Yeah. You know. Mm. Top
0: that.
8: Oh (laughs) Jesus! Start. I have a very tumultuous relationship with time, so I think pay, be patient and don't be so hard. Like I'm so hard on myself. <laughs> I am just just. Like, I want to be Scorsese now. Mm. <laughs> you know? okay. I'm like, wow. I want perfect. Like, yeah. the perfectionism is just such a horrible thing that we all strive for. And it doesn't exist. Mm. The The best films that I love as well are not perfect. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think it's just it's just patience to be patient. Everything that you do at the start is not going to be good. It's not going to be, you know, wh- what you want, mm-hmm. because it's hard to articulate what you want when you're still kind of learning, what learning the ropes and stuff like that. But yeah, I think just be, just be patient. Give yourself time.
1: Yeah, uh, patience really only comes when you get a bit older, doesn't it? Mm, it does yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, it's a, a learn thing. You
8: know? Is it? I'm still trying to learn.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's next mm. for both of us? <laughs> Apart from the points you're
8: gonna have now. Well, hopefully, yeah. So we. I, I don't. I don't that you can talk know. About oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one are we
7: talking <laughs> about? Um, that's like there's a few things. There's there's one we have we're developing now.
8: Um, we're a shortlisted for the Discovery Award. Yeah, uh, so yeah. Public knowledge, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah
7: that's actually, probably yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called the uh, Men of Fighting Age. It's about a, a, a kind of right, far right um, anti-immigration protester who's kind of forced to reevaluate mm-hmm. his positions, and you know, it's um, it's just the idea of what's happening at the moment with regards to yeah, um, you know yeah. Um, I was talking earlier to a lad there we were just discussing it I remember years ago growing up in in um, in Kabarik there was a there was a wall built going back to the late 70s there was a wall built and and uh, it was basically to, to divide the sort of working class inhabitants of Goberra to the more adjacent affluent area, that. yeah, yeah. But over the years that, that wall became kind of a canvas for political graf- graffiti. Yeah. And it was the first time I seen the name Nelson Mandela. It was the first time I seen the name of the the, 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 the strikers, things like that. You know, they were, they were kind of it, they were with different causes around the world. And now the graffiti you see in working class
1: areas is refugees out. I say, how did we get from one to the other? How did we go from that to that? Where you you know, know. we look yeah. at like the Amelda thing? We don't, you know, we don't get to be Irish and prejudiced or racist. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's not part of our DNA. It shouldn't be. Yeah. But we, yeah. We and where's want, the empathy? We, that's yeah, what exactly, we want yeah. to
8: take a, a kind of look at the character and how a person gets there, because we know people that have, who are lovely people who have never been racist or, you know, homophobic or mm-hmm. anything like that, who have just really gone so, so far, yeah. so yeah. far, sure. right. yeah. like, these are good people. These yeah. are not bad people.
1: Now, do you think like I had an interesting thing? Um, I was in an airport with someone and they surprised me with their um, there was a Ukrainian family and they were didn't know that they had to pay for check in baggage uh, for Ryanair. And this is someone relatively close to me. And they were. there was some rhetoric around and some ideas about why they were going To Ireland, it was a flight from Holland. And there's an 84-year-old person in a wheelchair. Hmm. And I had to pull them aside and go, do you think an 84-year-old person wants to leave their house that they've lived in for 30 years to go anywhere? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Like let alone to Ireland for a fucking handout. Yeah, can we fucking cop yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Honest yeah. To God, you it's know, and if that, if that doesn't register crazy with someone, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like you, it's kind of lost caste.
7: Even even the that the the total the title men of fighting age. It was a it was a term I kept seeing being used in, in the, on the online discourse, and what it does is you describe refugees, or you describe people vulnerable people seeking sanctuary. You describe them as men of fighting age, or men of military age. What? You know, and that that was the constant description I seen because what that does, it takes away the vulnerability.
1: Yeah, well, they human and, then. And they yeah. set them you know. up
7: as a threat, yeah. you know, and uh, I just found the the whole thing disgusting, you know.
1: Yeah, as someone from Ballymun, following all that from the very start, it was appalling, you know. Yeah. I mean, fair enough, you know, you can, people have the right to protest, etc, but they're not putting it in the right places. Yeah, you know, absolutely protest if you don't agree with something. I totally agree with that, but don't intimidate people. That's yeah. not what Ireland's about. Yeah. Um. What What's next for you? This is together, is it? This project. We actually, yeah, we're, we're, together, yeah. we're doing
8: it, Yeah, we are doing this together. Yeah. Um, I, I I actually hate when people say that. Oh, I can't talk about. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually know. can't talk about. Like, it. like I can't talk <laughs> to so my sales uh, agent. I don't. I, that's like oh I'm God. sorry for saying that, because like, that really annoys yeah, yeah. me. But what kind of location that's, I got to be that? No,
7: Tanya has a really good. Uh, I
8: have. I have. I have a feature and I've a, a, a TV show that I'm working on. Great.
1: Yeah. And it's looking promising for for development. So. Yeah. 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 And why not? Yeah. 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 I mean, all the bathrooms we take, you know, uh, and I suppose another part of it's just uh, not being self-congratulatory, like we mm-hmm. said, but there's also a, a recognition of your own work. Where you go, okay, I'm good enough to do it. That should be there, yeah.
8: but. Unless I see it in the cinema, like nothing is <laughs> going uh-huh. on. I'm always very sceptical. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't mm-hmm. happened. Like, you know, yeah. he's like, celebrate. I'm like, celebrate what? It's OK to celebrate. He's, yeah. he's like, no, I just don't I, know I know, yourself I, to enjoy it. I'm very <laughs> like, very like, well, that doesn't mean it's going to get made. Yeah. You know, getting oh, we've all fun, or whatever. I mean,
1: you know, nearly, nearly, nearly. there's are shortlisted and all that stuff for big things. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, sorry, this is a little bit briefer than I'd like it to be. No, no, no this, is, oh, this, this
8: is, is great. I think this is not this is this is oh, excellent, which yeah. I love this uh, the amazing. idea of
7: the roadshow. It's fantastic, it's a brilliant concept. Thanks so yeah. much. Well done, I hope and I've really
1: yeah, I've been meaning to get both of you in for chat, and When yeah. I say when we say these things, we really mean it about getting you on, so thanks. Yeah. Um, thanks and we we'll continued this over. Six, six, seven, and just eight say. points again. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
8: remind everyone that we're a few points in and a few <laughs> uh,
1: Thanks, Mel. Uh Please come back in again down down the road, yeah, you know, a yeah. couple of years down the road or whatever. Do, no other things happen. Yeah, yeah. be an honour. Love, love to chat to you. Thanks so much, Paul. All right. Thanks, thanks so much. You know. Cheers.
7: Thanks, Paul.